Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello there, my seller friends, and welcome to another episode of the School of Sellers podcast. I am Erin, and I am your host, and I am so happy that you're here today because you are going to witness something completely brand new that we have never done on the show before. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I love nostalgia. Like I love the 90s. I love the feeling of, you know, feeling like, oh, I've been here before. I've done this before. This makes me feel really good inside. And it really brings back memories of the good old days. And I might be dating myself here, but one of the things I loved doing when I was a preteen, whatever that age range is, is listening to the radio station, specifically Jamma 92.3. I loved listening to the nightly countdowns. I would be singing my heart out to whatever Backstreet Boys song was in the countdown. You don't need any more details than that. But this is very much reminiscent of what we are doing today. So I hope that you enjoy our very first call-in radio show. And of course, we don't really have the means to do a live call-in per se, but what I've done is I have left a link in the School of Sellers Facebook group, and I've encouraged anyone and everyone to submit their questions about lead magnets. And they're not just submitting questions, they actually use the link and spoke into their phone and are leaving voice messages. So what's going to happen today is I'm going to play those messages for you, and then I am going to answer those questions. So the reason we are talking about lead magnets in the next two episodes is because our Ignite theme for February is all about lead magnets. And if you are new to the show, Ignite is our work club for TPT sellers That is not only a Facebook group, but also a monthly set of challenges where we provide an hour of training on the topic and also encourage you to complete a list of tasks to further your business. And in this case, we are diving into the lovely world of email marketing, specifically lead magnets. So without further ado, let's get this radio show started. Hey, Erin call me silly, but what actually is a lead magnet? Lindsay, thank you so much for asking that question. I love this question. And what a better question to start with than going back to the basics. So one of the things I love about the School of Sellers community is that we are coming into this community from all different walks of life, all different levels of experience. And I think it's really cool that sellers who are just starting their businesses can coexist and learn alongside sellers who have been doing TPT for 10 plus years. So Lindsay, thank you for asking this question because I know so many sellers listening are wondering the same exact thing. So to make things as simple as possible, a lead magnet is a freebie that you offer to potential customers or existing customers in exchange for their contact information. So to give you some examples of what the freebie might be, it could be the same types of freebies you offer in your TPT stores, but it can also be supplemental tools like a checklist 
that goes along with one of your products. It could be an ebook that you write to explain how to teach something in a classroom. It can be a cheat sheet. It can be a toolkit. It can be a one-page PDF that explains something to your buyer. And in exchange for that freebie, your audience member will give you their name and email address. I think when we hear the term lead magnet, it conjures up kind of something a little more complicated than what it actually is. So don't overthink this. A lead magnet is just like the freebies that are in your store, but instead of somebody going to TPT and downloading from there, they have to download it from somewhere else, usually on your website, and they have to give their email address and their first name first. And this is a really great thing compared to TPT freebies because when someone downloads something from you that's free on TBT, you don't really know about it. You see the number of downloads go up on that resource, but you don't know who downloaded it. You don't know when they downloaded it. You know nothing. Whereas in the email world, someone who downloads a freebie from you and gives you their name and email address is giving you some really, really valuable and important information. And because of this, you'll have access to them for as long as they want to subscribe to your email list versus someone blindly downloading a freebie on TPT and you never get to see them or learn more about them. So even though the product itself, the lead magnet, is the same product or can be the same product, the processes for signing up are completely different. And here's a quick look at how those processes differ. So obviously you know what it looks like when you download something on TPT for free, but the most common way of setting up a lead magnet is to have a landing page which is just a simple web page, and you are going to have information about the lead magnet. You will have a little form area where they fill in their name and their email address and click that subscribe button. And you might have some other things like visuals of the lead magnet. You might have a video on that landing page that explains the lead magnet. But essentially what happens is once they click subscribe and they give you that information, they are automatically added to your email list. Or if they were already on your email list, you can now see in your email service provider account that they have downloaded this lead magnet as well. So it's just another way of getting a little bit more information about them. Once they give you that information, click subscribe. They will go into their email inbox where they will see an email from you and they will also get that freebie, whatever it is that they signed up for. So that's kind of the very simple process of how a lead magnet works and what that process looks like. Hi, this is Vanessa, longtime listener. So I wanted to know how many lead magnets should you have and how many lead magnets is too many? Should every freebie that I have in my website be a lead magnet or can it just stay as a freebie? All right. Can't wait to hear back from you. Vanessa, what an amazing question. Thank you so much for asking. So to begin, there is no magic number of the amount of resources or lead magnets that anyone should have for their business. However, I will say that I definitely operate under the idea that less is more. And that's kind of a general statement to make. So I wanted to give you a little tip that you can use to kind of narrow down what offers you already have in your business, and how you can determine what types of lead magnets and how many you should have for your business. So 
In the finishing framework, we talk a lot about content pillars, which are basically categories for your content based on what the cornerstone ideas and concepts are in your business. So for my business, my content pillars are classroom management, K through two math, K through two literacy, and a couple others. But in this case, we want to kind of look at our products first and establish what I like to call product pillars. And these aren't something that I actually have set up, but it mimics the content pillar setup. And you can easily use this to determine what lead magnets that you might want in your business. So what you're going to do is to think about your products as a whole, you can go directly to your TPT store if you want, and you want to pinpoint the products and or product lines and or bundles that you ultimately want people to buy from you. And it's okay if there's a lot of overlap. You might come up with a list of products, standalone products you want people to buy. These same products might be in the product lines that you write down. These same products also might be part of bundles. It's okay. I want you just to write down the main things that you want people to buy from you in your store. And from there, you are going to try to sort these into pillars or categories. So for my store, for example, I have a morning journal prompt line that I know I want to drive traffic to and ultimately get people to buy. I have a morning meeting line. I have a math journal line and so on. So I would kind of envision each of those as its own bucket or pillar. And from there, I want to see what sort of freebie I could make for each of those pillars. So for my morning meeting pillar, one of my freebies that I offer is a free week of morning meeting slides, because that's ultimately what I want people to buy is my whole entire year of morning meeting slides. You might already have these freebies set up in your store, but if you don't already, then this is a really great way of thinking about your lead magnets. If you find that you set up your products like this and you already have freebies that fit for each of your product pillars, then go ahead and use those for your lead magnets. It's better to work smarter and not harder. When it comes to lead magnets, though, I always think that if you can offer a free sample of the product, that is like the top tier of lead magnet offerings that you could have in your store. And if you don't want to offer the free sample or you're not able to offer a free sample for whatever reason, then the second best option would be to offer some sort of supplemental tool. So maybe like a a cheat sheet that goes along with your morning meeting, or maybe it's a checklist. Like here are things you need to make sure you do to prepare your morning meeting every single day. But the bottom line here is that each of your lead magnets you create no matter how many you have, should be directly tied to a product or something in your store that is a paid offer that you ultimately want people to buy. Because the idea of lead magnets is to bridge the gap between someone who downloads a freebie to someone who becomes a paid customer. I also love your question, Vanessa, about, well, should all of my TPT freebies be lead magnets? That is an excellent question. There has been a new wave lately of people taking freebies down from our TPT store. We've kind of collectively come to the realization that tons of freebies in our store aren't necessarily serving our businesses. So if you are someone who is paring down your freebie offering in your own TPT store, you can use the same thought process when it comes down to which freebies you want to keep in your store and which you want to take down. You might want to consider putting those products into different categories because you might find that you have way too many freebies for just one product line or one category. And that's obviously unnecessary. 
So to answer your question, no, not all of your freebies should be lead magnets. So if you are taking most of your freebies out of your sort, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go into ConvertKit and make those all into lead magnets. So if you are wondering which ones to keep in your store or which ones to create and turn into lead magnets, then I suggest looking at your TPT stats first. See which freebies that were on TPT have the highest conversion rate. Knowing which of those freebies converts really well already is going to be a really easy way for you to determine what should be used as an email lead magnet. You already know it's desired. You already know it's relevant based on those stats. So this is kind of a nice little head start that we can get if you are going to be taking your TPT store freebies out of your store and turning them into lead magnets. And I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I can't urge you enough to always make sure you are trying for the free samples first. If you have products that are free samples of your paid products, these, in my opinion, make the best lead magnets. Hi, my name is Sarah. And my question about lead magnets is about sales funnels. So should each lead magnet be turned into a sales funnel? Or is it okay to have some that just add to your mailing list? Thank you, Sarah, for that question. Let's talk about sales funnels. So I'm going to be honest, the term sales funnel scared me for so long that it just sounded like something I was never going to be able to wrap my head around, never going to be something that I could actually do in my business. But I have good news for you. Sales funnel is not as hard as it sounds, and it's actually just a fancy word for the customer journey. So like I mentioned earlier, we want people to become freebie downloaders and we want to turn them into paid customers. And we don't only want them to be paid customers, we want them to be paid customers who have a super high, no like trust factor with us. We want them to be kind of like diehard fans, right? That are going to be like, I will buy whatever it is you have to offer. But there's a lot that has to happen between that stage and their initial stage of downloading something for us, whether it's the first time downloading a freebie from us, the second time, or maybe they've been around for a while but still haven't bought from us. So when we think about sales funnels, it's really useful to envision an actual funnel. So I kind of envision like a little tornado type deal. And at the top is the coldest audience possible. These are people that have never bought from you. They've never downloaded from you. They don't really know who you are. That is our cold audience at the top of the funnel. And then once they reach the very bottom of the funnel and get spit out the bottom, (laughs) that is when they are the warmest. Those are the people that are going to be our diehard fans. So the actual function and the format of the sales funnel is really simple, even though it sounds complicated. When someone's at the top of the funnel, you want to start the relationship with that person by offering free value to them, which just so happens to be the lead magnet. So once they get dropped into the top of that funnel, they get our lead magnet, we deliver the goods via email, we send them a welcome email, right? Next, our job to get them further down the funnel and become a warmer member of our audience is to nurture that relationship. And we do that by continuing to provide free value. And again, this is done via email. Now that they're on our list, we're going to send them newsletters that the rest of our list gets. We're going to send them any sales emails that the rest of our list gets. And we also might enter them into a specific email sequence that ties directly to whatever it is that they just bought from us. That's an option. You don't have to do that, but that's just another way of nurturing your audience. Next, we build trust by providing progressively more paid value at every single stage 
of their funnel. So like I said, you might want to set up your email. So once they download that initial freebie, they get the welcome email and then they get a specific sequence of emails that's spaced out every couple of days. And this sequence will encourage them to purchase the full product. So remember, we're giving them a free sample ideally. And if we enter them into a welcome sequence, in addition to just being on our list, then that's our way of explaining to them, hey, if you really like that free thing, wait until you see the full offer that I have for you. And then going even further, if and when they purchase that product, they might be entered into a new sequence of emails that then tries to convince them to buy maybe a more expensive product. Maybe at this point, you're like, hey, remember that freebie you downloaded from me? And then you bought this paid product. Well, now I have this entire mega bundle that's going to solve all of your problems and then some. You also might continue this process to sell them an online course if you have one or to get them to join a membership. And again, these should all be things that are related to that original lead magnet. Now, when we talk about it this way and think about all the possibilities of a sales funnel, then yes, it does sound complicated. But I don't think that every lead magnet needs a complicated funnel of emails and sequences and tags, but they certainly do work well. But I also think if you're brand new to email marketing, you need to start small. So to answer the initial question, technically, no, I don't think every single lead magnet needs a funnel, but I think almost all of them do. I do think that it's okay if you're just getting started, especially to set up a lead magnet now with a simple welcome email without a funnel that follows, but make sure it's on your list to follow up on and go back to it as soon as you can and set something else up that's going to continue that customer journey. So if you're feeling a little iffy about sales funnels, here's some tips and suggestions for kind of like lower energy or less time consuming ways to set up your lead magnets and what happens after. So the first option here is that anyone who signs up will get the same general welcome email. You can write one welcome email that goes to anyone who signs up for any freebie. And then you might decide that instead of creating a sequence that's specific to that product and that product download, then you're going to nurture them by emailing the entire list that you have weekly. And you're not going to segment your list. You're not going to send it specifically to people who downloaded product A or product B. You are simply going to email your list regularly. And in those regular emails to your full list, you will link to products and you can do soft sells to your list that way. And I think this works well in TBT since we collectively have so many smaller priced offers to link to. If you were another e-commerce business where you only have one offer and one offer only, then obviously this isn't nearly as possible. My next tip for you is to put the cart before the horse, and this is actually a good thing. So if you are feeling iffy about sales funnels, I think the biggest roadblock is actually writing the email sequence because once we go through the motions of creating the lead magnet, setting up all the backend technical settings, we're kind of losing steam at that point. And the thought of writing an email sequence to then nurture someone and convince them to do something else is kind of overwhelming. So one of the things I like to do for myself is to write that welcome sequence or that sales funnel sequence of emails before I even publish a lead magnet. So sit down, map out five different emails, send them every couple of days. But knowing that's how they're going to be set up, write those emails first before you even click publish on your lead magnet. And with those emails, depending on how many you choose to send, you could make them 
progress and tell a story. You could consider the journey of why they need this product, the paid version, and talk about it in terms of the journey they will take to that product. You could highlight a specific problem the product solves in each of the emails. The options really are endless. But I think that like getting the legwork done prior to setting up your lead magnet is such a helpful thing you can do (laughs) to give future you a huge leg up on the lead magnet process. And then finally, another thing you could do instead of doing a traditional sales funnel is maybe you're not sending them through that sequence, but what you could do is to send a reminder email to encourage them, A, to download your lead magnet, because even though we assume people are going to get our email and our lead magnet and love it and use it all the time, the majority of people, I think, forget to ever use that lead magnet. So I know I'm guilty of that. I will download so many things, and sometimes I download it and I just don't ever get around to using it. Other times, I don't even ever really download the lead magnet. It gets lost in the graveyard of files on my computer. So another alternative to a traditional sales funnel is to send a reminder email a couple days, a week, a month after and say, hey, remember that amazing thing that I sent you? I hope you're enjoying using it. Uh, You might want to offer some tips for how to use it in their classroom or how to set it up. And you might even consider sending another freebie to use alongside it. You want to encourage them to actually use the lead magnet because the faster they forget about the lead magnet, the faster they're going to forget about you. So I know that was a long answer, but in simple terms, I think most lead magnets should have a sales funnel, even if it's very simple, because it just gives us more information into our buyers. And it's obviously increases the likelihood that they will eventually become a warmer audience. So I get the trepidation of starting out. So I hope those tips help as you kind of ease your way into the sales funnel world. And that brings us to the end of our very first call-in show. Thank you to our School of Sellers members who were brave enough to ask those questions. They were amazing questions. And I hope that you were able to take at least one lead magnet gem away from this episode. Next week, we will be talking about what makes a lead magnet, a high converting lead magnet. So now that we know what a lead magnet is and kind of like the basics of how a lead magnet works in our business, we are going to talk about what you should include in your lead magnets to make them a no-brainer download. Thank you so much for listening, friends, and I'll see you again next week.